Okay, welcome to another edition of the OXBC podcast and videocast. I'm here with Priya Guliani, who is Head of Operations at the Government Blockchain Association. How are you doing, Priya? Very well, thank you. How, How are you, you coping? I'm, I'm very well. How are you coping with the lockdown situation? Obviously, I'm not coping so well. <laughs> You're coping perfectly. I think uh, it's same like everybody else. I mean, in the beginning, it wasn't getting onto my head so much. But yes, definitely now craving to actually get outside and um, hoping that this all ends very soon. Yes, yes, you and me both. Okay, well, let's let's get straight on to the blockchain, the heart of the blockchain matter. So um, you're, you're obviously head of operations at the Government Blockchain Association. First of all, though, how did you get into, into blockchain? So my blockchain journey started about three years ago when a friend made a ton of money through crypto. And that's nice. when I became keen to understand the underlying technology, which has these, you know, revolutionary characteristics. That's when I thought that I would probably learn blockchain and understand where it can be used. So I enrolled for the blockchain strategy program at Oxford University at that time. And did you uh, follow your friend's example and uh, delve into some cryptocurrencies as well? A little bit, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't say that I have been able to make that ton of money as he made. Funny that, because I've had the same experience. Your, your friend must have been pretty, got in at the right time, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it matters, right? First, uh, plus, I don't consider myself that lucky. I have never got easy money anytime. <laughs> Yeah, same, same. So from those beginnings um, to doing the course, uh, how did you end up working at the Government Blockchain Association? Because I was looking at the website and it looks like a huge organisation. So um, by background, I'm a computer science engineer and um, I have over 10 plus years of IT consulting experience working with multiple teams and uh, multiple domains like finance, supply chain, manufacturing, etc. And uh, I'm passionate about inclusion, sustainability and climate impact. So I focus on projects in the same way. Basically, my involvement with blockchain again happened uh, because when I started to learn about blockchain, then I was doing myself a lot of research. And then I came across Gerard Dash, who is the founder of Government Blockchain Association. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of voluntary work for it. So uh, that's how the association started. And I was involved with the Government Blockchain Association for about a year and a half, uh, but I've joined as head of operations uh, this year. Cool. So tell me a bit about GBA. What, what is it? What do you guys do? So GBA is a non-lobbying, non-profit organization focusing to promote uh, blockchain technology by empowering individuals and organizations to connect, communicate, collaborate to solve public sector challenges. So basically what we do is we bring together governments around the world facilitating efficient and rational adoption of blockchain technology for powerful and meaningful innovations. We have about 120 chapters worldwide and about 15,000 plus members. Wow. And so I read somewhere that I think you guys let government um, workers in for free. Is that right? Yes. So GBA is a membership organization, but it's free for all public servants. So up until last year, we had this concept of city chapters, but now we're we are moving ahead and piloting a new concept, which is national chapters. So UK is the first to actually become a national chapter and um, basically some Dubai, India, Romania and a few others to follow. The UK is the first. That's yes. interesting. Okay. So from doing a few of these podcasts now with quite a few OXBC members from different parts of the globe, we've kind of noticed that depending on where you are, depending on the government, the attitudes to blockchain and how 
smoothly adoption is happening that varies a lot globally. For example, in Dubai, they're kind of really hot on blockchain and it's going to, the plans are for Dubai to be the blockchain city by 2020, whatever it was. And here in the UK, I think it's probably moving a little bit slower. What have you noticed in terms of your global reach and working with with the GBA? Where, where would you say the hotspots are and who's lagging behind? I mean, yeah, you're absolutely spot on that because of the regulations and the regulatory aspects of um, blockchain and the industries, I think uh, the financial world is is kind of the first one to uh, start exploring it because, you know, whatever, it's quite an innovative area. So, but I guess then, uh, again, uh, blockchain has this, you know, reputational problem as well that it's always linked with uh, cryptocurrencies. I think mm. it's important for people to understand that cryptocurrency is one application of blockchain. And hence, it, it, it comes into that, um, you know, uh, wider zone where, is, where there isn't much acceptability or it hasn't gained much acceptance. But of course, I mean, um, in terms of geographies, if we call it, I mean, US is, is quite good. I was quite surprised when I learned that uh, Georgia was the first one to um, implement the land registry uh, through blockchain. So, I mean, uh, it's it's not that vast a country, but then they, they did it. So it's, it's quite nice. And there are these small countries like Estonia, etc., who, who are doing really good in this space. So, uh, yes, as you said, I mean, there are a few com- countries who are ahead of the others and the um, UK is still catching up on that. And yeah, you hit on an important point there about the perceptions of blockchain being a cryptocurrency thing. And then perhaps even some governments and people in influential positions not realizing the benefits there are in other areas like supply chain, finances, you know, all kind of other sectors, uh, pro- property registry, as you mentioned in Georgia and America. What would you say for the countries and the territories that are quite hot on blockchain adoption? What are the key uh, usages of blockchain for them? I think um, because blockchain is about establishing trust, transparency and traceability, it has that wider impact over all of the industries. But few where we are, um, you know, seeing a lot of adoption is um, absolutely the finance sector, then supply chain, wherein, you know, there is a lot to do with traceability. How do you bring in the traceability in operations that, you know, the uh, farm to fork or the pond to plate uh, supply chains? Then uh, there are obviously adoptions in terms of the diamond market, whereas to um, you know ensure that uh, the authenticity of the diamonds are maintained through uh, uh, on the blockchain through smart contracts. So that's quite an interesting use case. And um, uh, there are plenty, in fact, uh, uh, for example, in terms of finance as well. How do you do that? And I think a main industry that I have seen it is uh, adopting blockchain is the identity, the concept of decentralized identities I think very very becoming important and uh, because identity is a cross-cutting space as well so it sees itself in all of the industries and I think that's quite crucial that people should have access to a decentralized self-sovereign identity where they can you know establish their own rights in terms of their own data and identity yeah yeah I mean interesting like over here with where with the coronavirus they're implementing the track and trace system at the moment so in my mind, in my sort of conspiratorial mind, I kind of envisage there's going to be a lot of data about a lot of people that are held in certain areas that people probably don't realise or don't want to be held. And so like blockchain would be a fantastic application for that because, you know, you could have this data and and supply permission to it as as needed, not in the future when 
when it's potentially nothing to do with coronavirus. And also with, you know, with the vaccine coming up, the supply chain for that, and there's, there's a ton of use cases around getting the vaccine out to people and, and the supply chain of that. Um, has, has coronavirus had an impact on your work at GBA? Is it kind of are people talking about it in terms of blockchain? I mean, in terms of exploring the use cases, mm. definitely. So what GBA has done is it has launched its own blockchain platform recently, which is called Government Blockchain Business Platform. So it is DLG agnostic and uh, allows governments to build use cases without worrying around the underlying technology aspects. So the use cases being explored are the relief fund management, vital records and voting, and of course, something around the, the vaccine um, itself. So obviously, I mean, uh, whilst because we already have the remote operations, we are spread all across the world so it's, it's not that corona has impacted our operations as such yeah. but obviously it has led to think about some of the use cases where you know we could you know help and support governments um so as to get through this together yeah i mean that for me that'd be really interesting to see over the next year or so when stuff's going to be rolled out on a global basis and the kind of contrast of seeing the rollout happening from a supply chain point of view and also the point that you hit on about the personal data that's a lot of people are going to take their eye off the ball in terms of what data they're allowing governments and medical and big pharma to have purely because of the desperation to get the the vaccine and back out living a normal life so blockchain could have a role there in terms of providing the balance in the middle that we all we all need so yeah looking forward to, to seeing how that shakes out Absolutely. I think the demand is also changing because people um, earlier on did not think so much, I think, about their data. Even even now, I think people aren't aware that, you know, if somebody isn't charging you for something, they are actually making money out of your data. So I think that awareness is now coming. Awareness about sustainability of products is now coming that, you know, I just don't want to know that, you know, what, what I'm eating, what the calorie count, etc. But also the journey of the product, right? That yeah. how it originated, where it's sourced from and things like that so consumers are getting more and more curious and conscious yeah. it is is definitely coming into play and that's where you know the blockchain plays a revolutionary role i think have you noticed any difference in terms of the food traceability in the in the states because the the regulations on food is quite different to over there to what it is over here true the standards are a bit a bit Absolutely. lower aren't they yeah, so I think uh, that's what is there. Um, when I talk about with my stakeholders as well in terms of sustainability, so I always say that you know Europe is is you US and Europe are quite you know uh, aware about sustainability. But if we go back to India or Asian countries where it's where it's like sustainability is still a buzzword for farmers and alike because it's like you know whatever is cheapest you tend to go for that service and it's like as long as it doesn't kill me it's it's probably all right. <laughs> but then yes, that awareness is now becoming more and more you know inculcated into the practices the operations so i think it's it's a new time altogether and obviously it's it's about two things the changes are either driven by the governments or they're driven by the actual conscious buyers right so now yeah. that that is that awareness is happening from both ends so yes all good times ahead so what what do you see as being the main challenges to get getting blockchain adopted so I think the, the massive one that, that I said is about the uh, reputational challenges um, around cryptocurrency. People need to understand that Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies and blockchain are what, are what are the differences between these and that
that would probably you know help eliminate some of the implications that are associated with the uh, usage but then of course there is another thing that you know blockchain isn't considered to be strong holding technology probably because it's quite new and people are still exploring the use cases around it so there are questions around you know how much stable it is how much scalability aspects are there plus there are so many technicalities involved right you know about proof of stake proof of concept etc which makes which which if you're planning to implement blockchain then you have to think of so many concepts so i think that's where you know organizations like ourselves oxbc help you know eliminate that questions that the underlying questions and probably people can just focus on the beautiful aspects of technology and not worry about the you know intricacies yeah i mean do you think there's a bit of inertia as well from the current market incumbents where blockchain is maybe stepping on their patch a bit so with ethereum building sort of decentralized finance um, and what we're seeing with the dai and you know people being able to take out loans is that encroaching on the banks and then maybe there's a bit of inertia from the banks in terms of blockchain adoption is that having an impact Sure yes I think absolutely um I think we saw this more um 2 years 3 years ago because the financial sector actually saw this as a threat to uh, saw this technology as a threat to their own you know um, the traditional operations because the concept of end to end traceability the uh, you know openness of the transactions and wasn't there but now i think people as you would see um, that you know the awareness is increasing so people are getting more and more relaxed around it and they are trying to explore okay fine that you know what are the different aspects that we can actually use it so there are there is good and bad associated with everything it's about what you focus on and you know how you can leverage the most out of the technology so i think that that element is changing now yeah so in terms of gba can people join just as long as they have kind of a blockchain background or what's the what's the kind of criteria for joining Absolutely yeah so it's a membership organization and like i said it's free for public servants to join because we want to have you know we want to work closely with them and uh, work out that what are the public sector challenges so as to do that but um, yes there are some membership details that criteria etc and um, some value proposition as well joining gba like access to a global network priority access to experts events and opportunities with government projects so all that you get and then obviously um, it is a meritable organization so there is certain criteria associated to who can join and who cannot join so we do a little due diligence in that space great and how do people join just apply through the website or... yes yeah great fantastic and then so one final question we offer to all of our guests on the OXBC podcast because obviously like yourselves we we have a big sort of blockchain global global network what kind of people would you be interested in catching up with linking up with is there any kind of specific area of expertise that you're looking for or people to connect with right so if i talk something specifically about uk then uh, we are building strong relationships with member of parliaments and other government representatives so obviously exploring partnerships with them and various uk universities so as to bring a strong value ecosystem in uk and then um, obviously i mean from from university perspective we look for you know interns so as to help us around with the projects within the ecosystem the other thing i think that i would see that we are we would be very interested in some collaboration with the oxpc community itself and other universities 
in in the virtual events meetups hackathons that we usually have and planned obviously all that has uh, come to a standstill because of the covid situation but as soon as the lockdown is over we sure we'll have something more so yes in terms of uh, collaboration in that space would be would be great cool and how can people get in touch with you personally um, sure, yes. Yeah. So you could drop me an email at priya.kulyani at gbaglobal.org or you could uh, connect it with us through the website itself. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, Priya. Thanks for giving us your time this morning. Great to speak to you. And I found it completely educational. I'm sure other people did too. All the best for the rest of lockdown, I guess. Thank you, Carl. Lovely speaking to you too. Take Have care. Thanks a lot, Priya. Bye-bye.